Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick. Coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 a.m. until noon. Talking all things in the world of sports. You're on 1450 WXVW. We do appreciate you tuning in. We got plenty to talk about this morning on not only the national level, as we've done lately, where we talk about our coverage of the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals, but there's also talk of John Calipari and his big contract extension this past week. So we'll allow ourselves to venture into the value of that. He's being paid higher, uh, or he's being paid more money now than one Nick Saban, who runs the Alabama Crimson Crimson. Tied football program who just makes a proportion proportionately makes just a ridiculous amount of money. Is John Calipari worth it? We'll be sure to get into that. I'm sure we'll get some reactions uh, from our listeners. The Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Let us know what you think about the uh, the the topics we're discussing today. We got our NBA finals. We got Brian the Insider will be calling in probably about eleven fifteen to talk about the the Belmont and the owner of California Chrome's very controversial comments after he lost. He he said that he was very upset. Um and he thought basically he said that he was ripped off because the winner of the Belmont did not participate in the previous two legs of the triple crown. He said this is the triple crown. It's a triple crown. It's not a, a single crown. They should have to compete. All horses that they, they want to have a, a chance to win it should compete in all three races, or, or they shouldn't run. So clearly a case of, of a, a bitter, or else a sore loser. Well, he's kind of been a jerk, like, the whole time. So I think after the Derby and his comments about Churchill Downs at the Preakness in that uh, where well, he he just ripped Churchill Downs, right? So I kind of felt like he was a little bit of a a little jerk, like then because I feel I mean I understand if you if you had an an issue with something that happened in your experience during the Derby, that's fine. Like no one expects you to have like a perfect experience every single time, but I think there's also a time and a place to express that, and I don't think on national TV after you should be celebrating your horses when in the Preakness was the chance to do that or a proper place to do that. So I, I kind of almost feel like it's karma for him being kind of a, a little bit of a brat. But um, I do think he has a point. It makes sense that, you know, like he was, I think something that was said about um, the horses that always win the Belmont are rested horses. And they're the ones that didn't race twice in the last in the last month um and it makes sense so it makes you wonder would that be better for horse racing when everyone's kind of on the level playing field in that sense where the horses are have all been through the gauntlet at the at the derby and at the prickness before they get to the belmont because i mean he does have he does have a point yeah i mean does he have a point you could make a case for that yeah but i still think he's a jerk i mean (laughs) we we all want it's a it's a Double-edged sword here, because we all want to see the Triple Crown winner, right, Ashley? I mean, we live in Louisville. Um, It's the the horse racing capital of the world. National Sports Radio yesterday was talking about the the Belmont and the Triple Crown. It was everywhere. I mean, that's a big story. It would be good, undoubtedly would be good for the sport of horse racing. I don't know that it would, I mean, the impact, the degree of how much positive impact it would have on the the, the sport is debatable, Um, but 
at the same time, do we want this guy who's turned into just being a, a, a real jerk? Do we want him to be the owner who does it? I don't know. Uh, I would say no. <laughs> uh, other stories? I know Brian will have plenty to, to yeah, say on that. We'll get him at 11.15 shortly after our Ashley's Loco Cinco at the 11 o'clock hour. The Louisville men's baseball team. Oh, my goodness. You're right, Ashley. Yeah, we that's a big story. That. Definitely can't overlook that. Heading to the College World Series again. Headed back to Omaha. What a, what a, a, a dramatic fashion. What a way to win. Did you get to I didn't follow get to much see of it. that game? I didn't actually. Um, Both games against Kennesaw State were back and forth. They're losing and they make a comeback. And then, I mean, this yesterday, that was they were losing. They made a comeback. They, they, they were losing and then they made, they made a comeback. And, I mean, very dramatic fashion for Dan McDonald and the, the UofL baseball team. I have to say, I'm very proud that we beat UK. Which I was, you know, honestly, to tell you the truth, and it hurts me as a UofL fan to say this, I thought Kentucky would knock us off because they'd beat us a couple times during the regular season. So it was nice to see us get that vengeance. I wish that, you know, the basketball team would have been able to do that this season too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting topic or time when any, either of the baseball teams have success. Because admittedly, when the, when the baseball teams don't win – we just we mentioned to not really talk about them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think um, I don't know about UK's tradition in baseball. I know that Louisville, over the past maybe three or four, five years, maybe has begun to build a name for their baseball program and um, players that are getting drafted and those types of things. So I think it's. I mean, of course, I feel like now at, at, at U of L, it's almost like every sports team has the expectation to be pretty good and ranked in some way. Um, that seems to be kind of the virus going around the school. Kentucky has had success in baseball, too. They, they certainly have plenty of um, highly rated players. I mean, hell, they had the, the player of the year this year. Um, as far as recruiting rankings, which in football, we, we, we like to look at a lot, and so that, that carries over into baseball. They always have a very talented Roster, but Dan McDonald and the Louisville program, now their third trip to the World Series, uh, have seemed to capitalize in in the uh, the playoff format more so than Kentucky. So it, it's a, it's a tough debate. I want to hear what our listeners have to say about it. I say debate because I'm sure if Hink or any hardcore Kentucky fans listening <laughs> and and, and they, their feedback on it would be, oh, y'all don't talk about it unless you're winning. 502-384-1450. Are we warranted to be proud? Obviously of we are. Of course we are. Obviously we are. Um, but is is it a sport that we really care about? If if it's basketball in Louisville, I, I'm confident, Ashley. If basketball, if it's basketball season and the Louisville Cardinals are losing, let's say they have the worst season in 20 years. We're still gonna talk we're about it. We're still gonna talk about it. We will. Yep. Some of the most beloved teams for this Louisville program for me. Were teams like the end of the Den- Denny era, yeah, Bozak Smith, oh gosh, yeah, uh, guys like that, <laughs> Damian Dantzler, I love for some reason. I mean, just so many of these Louisville teams. We're Louisville here in Louisville. We're a basketball city, so we talk about it regardless. Does that carry over into baseball? Maybe not so much. Maybe not. I, I mean, but then I think this is that's part of the. Um, I guess I don't know. 
the double-edged sword of this being Kentucky and being a basketball state. That's just what the, I think the reality we it. live in. That's just the reality we live in. Yeah. I mean, I think even like with Louisville, it took a while for our fans to truly embrace um, the football program as a winning program because they're like, eh, okay, it's basketball season, I'm out of here. But when I think the fans realize that we are building a tradition in football and um, actually competitive against the bigger schools. Now, of course, now this year is going to be a huge test in the ACC, but I think the fans have bought into that. And I think um, you think about years like last year with the whole, with the ESPN, like the year of the Cardinals, highlighting other sport, you know, baseball, men and women's basketball. I think that like the city has kind of rallied around the university, period. So I was look, reading in the paper after the first um, game against Kennesaw State and they were saying that there were record yep. record numbers of attendance at the game, and that's not just students, for sure. You know, those are fans, like Cardinal fans, that are from the city want to support the team, too. So um, I think it, it's one of those things that just takes time for – because I think a lot of time people are like, oh, wait, our baseball team is really good? Like, yeah. I should go watch them. Yeah. Or our soccer team is good? I should go watch them. But they don't know if, you know, we, people like us, don't talk about them. The attention of the sporting – fan base here in the Louisville area is a very interesting topic to me. Yep. It's been brought up recently in the introduction of a minor league soccer team. Yeah, it's pretty and awesome. This could go into many different directions as far as discussing this. Are you excited about it, Ashley? Well, I am. And um, part of that, like both as a citizen, someone loves the city, um, potential political leader too, is being within the city and watching it grow from the inside out is really awesome. And um, I think, you know, regardless of the sport, I think it's a good sign of our growth in Louisville and the way that we're being seen on a national scale. So I think that it's um, our mayor, Greg Fisher, has done a really good job in terms of being business savvy and trying to make Louisville like a city that's comparable to a place like Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Nashville, like those types of those other mid-major cities. So I think um, bringing the soccer team, I think it's kind of like it's an awesome tradition to see like how it goes, see how fans embrace it. Um, and who knows what's next? Because, I mean, obviously the Riverbats have been here for quite some time now. They've been successful. Very, very successful. Yeah, very successful. Fans embrace them. Um Geez, there's nowhere to park down there when there's a bats game going on. But um, I think that it's it's a great sign of growth. It's really exciting because then you never know, like, what's next for us? Like, you know, I think that that's a great, great outlook and something to think about. I, I like that the new soccer team is going to be playing their games in yeah, the Louisville Soccer Field. Yeah, that's awesome. It's such a great venue. I, I love seeing that or hearing that it will be used um, in another way, which is great. Yeah, and I, I think that's smart because, you know, I think um, we have some amazing venues for our sports teams in Louisville. Um, and I think that makes sense for us to get kind of double use out of out of the uh, Louisville Slugger field so it's not just sitting there empty, you know? No question about it. Yeah, I think that's a great, great idea. We've got plenty to talk about today. I wonder what they're what we're going to end up what the mascot's going to be since you know I think they said they're playing the first year without a mascot. Is that right? Yeah, and I also read that they were keeping their tradition, the colors that they had. I guess in Orlando, like I think it's like a gold and maybe a purple, and they were going to keep those for the first year. And um, it'll be interesting. Maybe they'll be Cardinals.
or maybe something along those lines, try mm-hmm. to maintain the, the colors of the, the Louisville program? Yeah, I mean, if it was me, if I was mayor, I would mandate that every Louisville team is red. Yeah, every team has to be red. Yeah, that, that's kind of <laughs> interesting to me is why the Bats have the colors they do. The Louisville but Bats are associated it, with the Reds. Why do you want to – they're in Louisville. Why, why, why the weird colors? Sure, that's a good question. Um, I think – I remember a trivia question, Kelly, one time that was like what – there was one team or one city that had all of their pro teams have the same colors. It was baseball, or at least three professional teams had the same color. That's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Let me think here. Do you, you know what you it think, is? I don't know. I'm thinking back. I mean, the Minneapolis Lakers obviously were gold and, and I'm gonna tell yellow. You no. No. Or Do you know the answer? Yes. Okay. I'm going to let you try to figure it out. <laughs> Peter, you got anything? No. All of the, the pro teams in that city were the same colors. Yes. Philadelphia, maybe the, the Sixers are, are have red involved, and so do the Phillies. Not the Eagles, though. Man, that's tough. Keep thinking. <laughs> I'll think about maybe it. We can, maybe we can put that out to our listeners. Sure. And don't use Google. Don't cheat. <laughs> what, what, can, you, can, you tell, can you give us a hint, Ashley? What sports? Uh, MLB? Is it like NHL? Because I don't know that. They have... Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL. I'm assuming it's those three. Is that right? They definitely have a football team. They definitely have a baseball team. And there's one other sport. One other sport. Yes. Okay. Seattle. No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Supersonics at one time maintained those colors. The Seahawks. And the Mariners, that at one time, okay, not right now, okay, but 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 I, I I see what you're asking. It's right now, three sports, and what major city maintains the same colors throughout all three sports? That's Ashley Ashley Miller's question of the day. We're gonna head to a break. In today's show, we got plenty to talk about. We got the NBA Finals Game Two. So much to talk about from Game One. So yes, much. So much. Air conditioning going out. Which, every, everything along the I am convinced that was not an accident. You were convinced it's a conspiracy. I'm okay with that. I like conspiracy theories. The more storylines, the better. Also got Coach Cal is now being paid more than, than Nick Saban. $7.4 million a year on average for Coach Cal in his new contract. Nick Saban makes six point nine. Doesn't football make more money than basketball? Maybe not at UK. Maybe not. A, I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to argue that Cal's not yeah, worth UK, it. UK, the only sport that makes money is basketball. That's true. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, basketball is the moneymaker for the University of Kentucky. We're going to head to our first break. Ashley and I will be back with more of your weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon talking about all things in the world of sports. Today we've got some good talking material. In the first segment we talked about the the Louisville Cardinals men's baseball team and they're advancing to Omaha for the third time in recent memory. Kelly, do you know when when they play again? You know, know, good question. I'll, I'll plead ignorance there. I don't know. Let's see here. Um, also got the, the Coach Cal contract. He, he's re-signed. 
um, in an attempt to keep the NBA away from Coach Cal. They're now paying him a, I won't say ridiculous. I'm not going to be that guy who says that that's overpaying Cal. Um, but they're paying him a lot of money. They are. Ashley, that's a lot of money. $7.4 million a year is... A lot of money. A now, lot of pressure. I think Coach K is the only one who makes more than him now. So you're right. It's a lot of pressure. Especially in the... You could make the argument. <laughs> yeah, you could make the argument that Coach Cal was never going to leave because of money, anyways. If he was going to leave, you could say that maybe it was because he just wants a more um, relaxed right. lifestyle. Right. I mean, this last season ended magically for Kentucky. They didn't win the national championship, but obviously they made it to the final game. But he was in the pressure cooker. Yeah, I mean, what season. a pressure cooker. If you stumble, um, God, how much pressure is that? That's a lot. I think it would be a lot of pressure anywhere, but in Lexington, Kentucky, it's even more pressure because as soon as they lose a game, people are going to say, why are we giving you $7 million a year for you to lose games with all these All-Americans? It's tough. tough. 502-384-1450. If that's what you want to talk about, let us know. And then, I mean, there then lies the question. There's always the debate, is Cal even a good coach? (laughs) <laughs> like people talk about that all the time and say that he's I'll definitely say my personal opinion is he's a master recruiter. But I don't think in terms of X's and O's and um how to use the talent optimally once he has them, I don't think he's very good at that. So it's interesting because you think of somebody like Nick Saban, there's never a question of whether or not he's um a good coach and his level of football IQ and those types of things. So it's interesting because I think there's some schools of people that'll say are we we're paying him to recruit these all star players to Kentucky, but I've not a, that he's a good coach. I have a feeling that's going to get some reaction. I'm sure from our Kentucky <laughs> fans. Uh, many Kentucky fans out there feel this past season proved Cal's X's and O's ability, and the fact that he made that what was it the tweak? No, yeah, and then they the went, infamous tweak, and then they yes. went on this run to the the national championship game. They mm-hmm. were that close to pulling off just one of the more dramatic turnarounds um, in recent memory. But they didn't win it. They made it to the, the uh, Final Four appearance. On paper, what Cal has done in Kentucky is very impressive. Mm-hmm. I think when you're looking at the money that Cal is making. You making him personally or making for the school? Uh, him personally is what I'm looking at right here. I think what you have to look at is similar to the statistic they keep in baseball. I think it's called win versus replacement, some statistic along those lines. So if you're looking, if you're looking at, at what Cal is doing, his production in Kentucky versus who would fill in for him, mm-hmm. maybe that's where you see the true value of Coach Cal. If you're obviously if you're comparing him to Billy Gillespie, oh God. it's night and day difference. Yeah, it's not even a comparison. But realistically, if they were to lose Cal tomorrow, and they were to bring in a replacement. They wouldn't bring in a slouch. They would bring in one of the top names in the world of, yeah, of college basketball. They'd have to. Probably would not be a complete strikeout fail like the drunkard that Billy Gillespie <laughs> was. Right? Probably would not be. Probably not. I might, think, they might bring in someone like Sean Miller lesson. or someone along those lines. Maybe. Some, you would think they would bring in a good coach. But what Cal is doing in the level of players and talent that he brings in is just on a completely different level. It is. 7.30 today, we get to see game two of the Miami Heat and San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I think 
I think um, San Antonio is going down today. Do you? I do. You're, you're a Heat fan. This game I am is, a in, Heat fan. I, is in San Antonio. Yeah, I think had LeBron not um, cramped up like he did, I think they would have won that game too. And I had a, I had a problem with all like the fans, people that probably have never played a sport in their life and never caught a cramp and know how horrific that feels to like try to like I don't know talk bad about LeBron like how are you not trying to play through that like it's impossible to play through a cramped quad hamstring calf I've had my calf cramp up before and not be able to walk like it hurts really bad and it's basically like you might as well cut that limb off because you can't use it yeah I, I've never experienced I've had you know Charlie horses things like that I've, I'll be honest I've never experienced what I think LeBron experienced at that point and I don't think there's any question that LeBron was cramping up, that he had to come off the court. It was obvious. And right? it was obvious, too, I think, that he wanted to be out there because he tried to go back in and then cramped up again and had to come out. It is amazing, though, how many armchair quarterbacks or whatever the terminology you want to use, even Shannon Sharp and certain professional athletes out there, uh, Mark Jackson made a couple controversial comments during the telecast mm-hmm. saying, you know, you— you're a champion. You're the king. You gotta. You gotta make this work. I mean, the only if now, if that would have happened in the first half, he would have gotten IV fluids and been fine for the rest of the game. But in the time when it actually occurred, yeah, there's nothing he could do about that. But sit down. What it created for me was one of the more memorable sporting episodes mm-hmm. in my memory overall. Yeah, I watched that and the heat. I mean, uh, many people are saying, and Keith Olbermann has tweeted multiple times, that he covered many NBA finals in the Boston Garden when they didn't have any air conditioning. They simply did not have air conditioning. But I would argue the heat in in San Antonio is probably a little more intense than, than in Boston. Boston. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no way you can tell me that and all of the checks and balances going into a game like that, someone didn't notice that the air was broken or something. <laughs> like, seriously, that's impossible to me. That would be like UofL hosting the national championship at Yum Center and all of a sudden the air breaks. Seriously? And Louisville's in the game. You know, like, that just doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me at all. In 2006, 2012, and 2013, the Miami Heat lost Game 1 of their NBA Finals and then went on to win the NBA Finals. They'll win it. Are we going to see a a fourth time for the the Heat to rebound from a Game 1 loss? Absolutely. I think they're going to be pissed now. And they probably have, like, the largest chip on their shoulder after that game. Um, That's scary. Yeah. If LeBron is as determined as I would think he is. How pissed off would you be? Oh my gosh! If it you, would, you it, looked at your Twitter feed and you had, I may be exaggerating, ten million people ripping your ass mm-hmm. for cramping up something. for something that you can't control, um, I'd probably like score fifty. <laughs> what if he comes out and scores ninety or a hundred? <laughs> we'll say I told you so. What, what What are your predictions? I mean, um, big game, a lot of anticipation. They're, they're They're saying that the the numbers for tonight's game will be just off the charts because of the amount of people who who do want to see LeBron lose. Kind of like Floyd Mayweather. People want to see him lose. 
what I mean, what's your prediction for the stat line? Is he going to drop a triple double? I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I would I anticipate him having a huge game today. Um, I think he probably now feels like he has something to prove, and then also have that level of pissed offness to make up a word um, that people are talking about him like that. Like, and I, I mean, it would be different if he was like, "Oh, I just sprained my baby toe. I need to go sit down." Like. His body was clearly cramping up, and that's not something he can control. So, yeah, I think that he's probably going to come out for heads. It is an interesting topic. I don't remember it happening to someone like Michael Jordan. No. Why Why does LeBron cramp up like he's this? Does he need more huge. potassium? Okay, his size. <laughs> he's, he's big. Does he need he's to eat more guy. bananas, drink more water? Is there a him. way he could prevent this in the future? Well, he, well electrolytes. He's going to have to have a lot of potassium and yeah all of those things and being extra hydrated but if you think about it in a situation like that when I know at one point they said that the heat registered at 90 plus I heard it was playing, close to 100 right yeah, next to the bench yeah like them playing at that level of basketball in that have you ever done hot yoga I have many times okay so like that room is like 105 yes so you imagine playing basketball in that room. I can't imagine that. Right. So it's like, it's ridiculous to even ask these guys to do that. Honestly, I almost feel like it's a, it was a danger. And this Health is hazard. me, yeah, putting my like nurse hat on. Those guys are worth way too much because like you think they could have had heat strokes, like any type of thing like that. Yeah, they're professional athletes and they're well conditioned, but to play, if they were baseball players in 100 degrees, no big deal. That's what they're used to. They're used to playing in those those types of um, conditions. But basketball players play on indoors now, you know? No, I, I played basketball growing up. That was always my favorite sport. I played in some hot old gyms. I remember my high school in particular, the, the girls' gym didn't have air conditioning. And it was always very hot. We'd play for hours in, um, you know, open gym and it got very very hot it was always really tough but to compare the amount of energy exerted by me and my size and my athletic ability to someone like LeBron James is if you even think like um in the Louisville Kentucky game this past year um Julius Randle cramped up yeah he's done that a couple times yeah and um I think when you have like the guys with the bigger bodies and larger muscle mass it takes a lot more to keep them well um, hydrated. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Following Brandon's Twitter feed this past week, I saw that he he said he thinks that the they should have stopped the game. Yeah, I think that at the moment they realized that it was extremely hot in there and um, they couldn't get the air condition fixed. They should have postponed the game to the next day or something like that because I don't think um, all things being equal, I don't think it's fair, I don't think it's an optimal position to put those guys in considering, especially it's at the beginning of the World Championships. I mean, by gosh, they've got potentially six more games to play and you can imagine how much that took out of all of them. So I feel like it also sets the series up to be a little bit of a downer because whichever team is able to rally post that type of experience is probably going to come out on top. So um, I think as a fan, too, and as a nurse, I would have rather them say, you know what, we're going to call this one. We'll try it again tomorrow, same time, same place. Thank God there was no serious injuries. Right. Because, I mean, I think there was – there's always – when you have 
situations like that, there's potential for all kinds of stuff. Like you, you've seen people and read about like kids, people having heat strokes and dying and those types of things. It's just not worth it. So probably the better idea to stop it and try again later. What's being overlooked through the LeBron saga from game one, in my opinion, is Tim Duncan came out. He was nine for 10 from the field. Mm-hmm. 10 rebounds, three assists, Very effective. 21 points. Huge game from Tim Duncan. At times, San Antonio was very sloppy. They turned the ball over 22 times uh, compared to just the 16 from Miami. They managed to come out and, and, and win despite their sloppy play at times. But this this uh, San Antonio team seems to really be clicking on offense. They got Tony Parker with 19 points, 8 assists. Um Manu Ginobili coming through, 3 for 6 from downtown, 16 points. Danny Green, 13 points, coming alive at, at, in the clutch. Mm-hmm. Is this a Will? different San Antonio team no. than, than, than lost to the, the Heat last year? I don't think so. I think they're the same team. I think they have the same cast. Honestly, if I had to guess, my guess is that this is it for Tim Duncan and they're trying to rally around him. So if they win it all, I think he's done. He's done. Wouldn't be a bad way to go out. Nope. Tying the likes of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, five rings. He he would join. Interesting stat here, Peter and Ashley. Mm -hmm. He would join John Sally as the only player to win an NBA championship in three decades. Wow. That's awesome. That's pretty neat. That's really awesome. So I'm going to ask you guys again. Have you thought about my question of the day? Have you figured it out yet? I have not. I I was thinking about it, and Peter and I were talking about it, and Seattle is the best case I have. I I can't come up with it. Who is it, Ashley? Peter? No last guesses? No no more guesses. All right. The big reveal. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, oh, God, how did I miss that? So, I'm going to... The Pirates, the the Penguins, and the Steelers. Yep, all have the same color. now. Ah, and, um, and what a great branding and marketing have they done. I hate the Steelers. I'm a Bengals, lifelong Bengals fan. I hate the Steelers. Yeah, and... But they are so successful at all levels. They are, and apparently the flag for the city of Pittsburgh is colored with black and gold. Um, based on the color of William Pitt's coat of arms. So they are the only city in the United States in which all of their professional sporting teams share the same colors. Wow. And that wasn't always the case because the Penguins, when they came um, to, or, yeah, they originally wore blue and white because of the general manager. He was from Ontario, and it was kind of like a kind of paying homage to him. But... After the Steelers and Pirates in 1979 had won their respective league championships, the Penguins decided to alter their color scheme to match um, the rest of the city. Tough to hate on that. Very, very great branding from a marketing perspective. And, I mean, Pittsburgh sports fans are very passionate. They are. Pirates, not so successful. But the Penguins and the Steelers, pretty good. two of the greatest organizations in their respective sports, no question about it. They called themselves the City of Champions. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. Tell us what you want to talk about. Topics on, on today's show involve Coach Cal being paid more than even the best 
college football coach out there. College football historically generates substantially more revenue Mm -hmm. for their programs than college basketball. Yet, Coach Cal is worth this much, and I'm not even debating that he's not. I want to hear what our our listeners have to say about it. Is Coach Cal worth more than what Nick Saban is worth? Nick Saban is, I mean, on a tear like none other. The next Bear Bryant, and he continues to just win championships, put him away. Um, and, And Coach Cal... For the University of Kentucky is making $7.4 million now a year. Probably going to stay in Kentucky for the indefinite future. Is he worth it? No comment. No comment from Ashley Miller. <laughs> NBA Finals tonight, 730. We got the Miami Heat versus the San Antonio Spurs. Ashley has went on record as predicting that the Heat will rebound and that LeBron James will have a big game. Big and, game. And the Heat will win and, and tie the series at 1-1. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think I'm going to go ahead and say I think the Spurs will come out oh, and win. Oh, no. Not just for the sake of argument. I'm, <laughs> I'm truly trying to step back and say, who do I think is uh, the team that's playing better basketball? And The Spurs seem to have it going on. I, I don't think last year that guys like Boris Diaw were such an integral part of the team. I think... Um, Danny Green, he was a clutch shooter last year. He made, hell, 23, 28 three-pointers in the finals last year. I think he's still able to make those big shots when they need them. I don't know, man. I, I, I think that this is a, a opportunity. What I think this would do if the Spurs won would put away some of the black helicopter conspiracy theorists out there who think the NBA fix, predetermines everything. If I the, always thought that. If the, I, I have, too. I think a lot of us have, Mm -hmm. to an extent. If the NBA had their way, wouldn't they have the Heat three-peat? And they would have the next great dynasty in the future? Tim Duncan's clearly on the tail end of his his greatness. I think they would. I think they they definitely would, but they'd make it... They'd make it interesting to watch so that they make... They would want Game 7 or Game 6. Of course, because they're making more money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't they have the Spurs... I'm sorry, the, the Heat win it? Win it all, yes. Yes. Sure. And I'm not saying that that's what I think, you know, there's no question about it. LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. The world. No question. In the world, Craig. There's no question (laughs) about that. Maybe the greatest ever. He hasn't yet put together the resume to warrant that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, LeBron James very well may be the best ever. We'll see. Game two tonight. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by our man, Brandon J. Lawrence. Give him a call, 502-587-0041. He's going to call us at the end of the second hour. Correct us on our factual inaccuracies uh, from the show. We'll get to hear what it, his his input on the LeBron Game 1 saga. He's an unbiased spectator in this. He's not necessarily... He's a Wizards fan. He's not a Heat fan. He thinks they should have... Ended the game. They should have said, the air conditioning's out. We don't want to damage our product and any of our players. We don't want any heat exhaustion cases or anything along those lines. If you think about it, had, say, someone else, say it was somebody on, even even someone on the Spurs team, passed out. Who would have been on the hook there? Then when? Then what? The, the Spurs in the organization would probably be on the chopping block. There would have been a lot of criticism for Adam Silver. And then, the- not even uh, beyond the players, think about all the fans sitting in there. Because I remember when I first clicked on the TV, 
I thought I saw like all of this flickering of stuff in the in the audience, but I was thinking that it was just a sign or something like that. But when then I started to look and I was like, they're fanning themselves like they're really hot. So had one of the fans passed out and Lord forbid something happened to them, then what? You know, like I think it's a lot. It's a lot of liability to and a lot of risks to take on. It's wild to me that it actually happened in the finals. Right. I mean, what a big story. It's amazing how it's seemingly being kind of swept under the rug, and now the Spurs officials say, oh, no, no, we got it fixed. That's curious. It is very curious. What the heck? I mean, oh, it was broken. Okay, we... Now, oh, it's fixed now. Everything's fine. It'll be right. nice and cool. Eric Spolstra has went on record as saying he expects a very cold arena tonight. Mm-hmm. Probably will be. Yep. Which is bad, too. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want a freezing cold place to play basketball. Nope. How we'll muscles get torn and pulled and all that stuff. It'll be interesting for sure. But lots of anticipation. I'm really, I'm I'm torn today, Kelly, because we know one of my big sports is pageantry. Oh my gosh, what's going on in the world of pageantry? Miss USA is on tonight. So really? I'm, you know, I'm a Miss America girl through and through. But I I always love to watch. Miss USA, Miss Universe also. Like, Miss America is the number one. Like, you can guarantee I'm not doing anything else on that night except for watching Miss America. But um, tonight is Miss USA. So it'll be very interesting to see. I haven't even gotten a chance because I've been so busy, like, with campaign and school and everything to go through and look at the girls. So maybe that's something we can do. Me, you, and Peter can go through the Miss USA contestants. You guys pick your top 15, and we can see... How right you all are. I hope you don't expect us just to do it off of looks. Well, it, well, I'm, this is going to be me like not taking a poo-poo at Miss USA, but taking a poo-poo at Miss USA. But that's mostly what matters is look and body. Because they have... Oh, my God. How shallow. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's the nature of the system. They have three categories. They're all one-third of your score, and that's interview, which is pretty short, swimsuit and evening gown versus um, a system like Miss America that has five scores and you have an interview which is 25% of your score um, that are it's 10 minutes long with a panel of judges it's very difficult Um, swimsuit talent evening gown and on-stage question here here they are Desiree Perez Miss Connecticut age 26 only have a picture of her when she's about two or three years no, old. No, they here. they should have a um, a gallery for each girl, so they should have. Um, we'll bring it up on the break. Yeah, we'll have to look at it so you guys can pick. I need to see you guys as top fifteen, and you're a number one girl. So I top can let 15. you know. Top yeah. fifteen. Is there fifty? Yeah, there's one from every state, and I think they have uh, Puerto Rico. Do you know the the Kentucky contestant? I don't know her. I watched. Um, I actually went to Miss Kentucky USA and watched the. Um, the competition, because I had some girls there that I knew were competing. So I saw her compete, but I don't know her personally. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you get here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Not only do we get Ashley Miller's expertise being the second all-time leading rebounder go, in the Kelly. history of Berea College, we also get her, her medical insight saying she thinks they should have stopped the game. They didn't need heat exhaustion cases. She's a registered nurse. Nurse practitioner. Nurse, I'm sorry. Nurse practitioner. But we also get the, the pageantry buzz, and we get to the, evaluate the upcoming Miss USA. Yes, Miss USA. I don't want to uh, say Miss, that wrong. No, Miss, Miss America is in September, and I'll remind you when that is. I'll actually remind you the week before so you can make sure you go pay attention. I actually might not be here during that weekend because I actually might go to Atlantic City and watch it in the flesh. Since you know I'm on the board now of Miss Kentucky, it's kind of 
exciting. Very cool. Well, Peter and I will be sure to make our choices during the break. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to call us, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Ashley, Peter, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller, my man Peter. In the break, we're breaking down some very serious Miss USA contestant information. Yeah, this is this is awesome trying to teach you guys what to look for and, you know, showing you um, their glam shots versus uh, these are like on stage pictures. So this was like her on stage swimsuit, on stage. That's far, I think, down. my vote. Uh, Pretty smile of Desiree Perez of Connecticut. Okay. Has well, caught, let's, caught look my at, eye. let's look at uh, Kentucky. Let's look at Kentucky. Because I know you like to be... I like to support the... Support your home team. I do. So we're going to look at Miss Kentucky. If we can find her. So like I said, I did get to see her uh, crowned. And um, she's a very pretty girl. Let's see. Kelly said he's not sold yet. <laughs> so there's her her picture. There's a, Where is Whitesburg? I don't know. Peter, do you know where that is? Nestled in the foothills of Pine Mountain. Oh, oh okay. okay. Okay, Pine Mountain. Nice. Let me see. So here's her. She's 5'11", 21. She's tall. She is tall. She's pretty. Pretty. Think she can make it? I don't know. She's pretty. You're not convinced. You guys, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know what separates her from the others. <laughs> well, she's let's very, look at very, her fun very pretty, and she's five eleven. That helps, right? It does. The other one, the one that I chose from Connecticut, is only five seven. Well, ooh, ooh. this one's got f- four inches on her. Well, let's check out her fun fact. Says she's traveled to four countries: Spain, Italy, France, and Switzerland in less than a month. She's modeled in New York City during the summer of 2013. Was offered a comp- a contract, but. Did not feel it was the right time for her to pursue it. Uh, she apparently had developed uh, appendicitis. Oh, my God. And had her appendix removed in the first grade. In she, the first grade. First grade. <laughs> so they'll just give the rundown of every, everything Everything that's her? happened in her life. Um, she, her favorite movie, Crazy Stupid Love. Favorite song, All of Me by John Legend, which I love too. And... Her favorite sport is tennis. Favorite food is Mexican. So, I don't know. Destin Kinser, I would. Would you add her to your top fifteen, Kelly? Um, if I'm being honest, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I would need some serious time. You gotta think about it. I, I would. I mean, the the one that stood out to me was the pretty smile of Connecticut. I don't know what separates her from the others. The other girl I What's really like. What's interesting on this page is that they're holding very, very strange instruments. Yes, Accordions, saxophones. I don't know. Maybe, they can, maybe they can play these instruments. I don't know. I don't know about that. I like Violin. Alabama. Let's look at Alabama. Then we can go back to <laughs> something else. But um, she's my favorite so far. She's the, only 5'6". She's 5'6". I think she's very striking. She played softball. Mm-hmm. Or that's her favorite sport. She's got her 
nice figure. Very pretty face. She looks like she's from Alabama. Does she? To me, she does. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Family is of Finnish descent. Yeah, I was going to say she looks like she has some type of different ethnicity. Does she? Mm-hmm. She's addicted to mint flavor chapsticks. There's a picture of her catching a, a little bluegill as a little girl. Huh. Very successful, you know, career. She was on the, the set of The Hunger Games. She's worked with many different modeling ventures. Mm-hmm. She's pretty. I The one that caught my eye, and I got to go with the first guts, Connecticut. All right, it's Connecticut. Of Venezuelan descent. Well, she's very pretty. I also like... They're all very um, pretty, especially in these pictures here when, they, when they're all... all I guess, are up. these airbrushed? They're probably... They're definitely airbrushed. I don't know. Who else? I also said I liked... Was it te- Texas that I that caught my eye earlier? Do you remember? Yep, there she is. She's pretty. Very Lauren, pretty. Lauren, yeah, she's very pretty. How tall is she is what I need she to see. She looks tall in this picture. I need to see... I, I'd like if they started implementing their wingspan and maybe their, four, <laughs> their 40 time. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, Lauren... Guzman, she's 5'9", from Laredo, Texas. She's cute. Her favorite song is I Would Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf. Hey. So Miss USA tonight, we're covering Ooh. a little bit of pageant buzz. That's pretty hot. Her here, uh, hot. With our resident pageant, pageant expert, Ashley Miller. Yes. What is your title? Former Miss... Former Kentucky, Miss Kentucky United former, States. Or are you always Miss Kentucky? Always Miss Kentucky United Okay, so States. Miss Kentucky Ashley Miller. <laughs> Miss Kentucky Ashley Miller. We do also cover sports on the, the weekend sports buzz. Pageantry is a sport. One guy who I know loves sports is our man, Carolina Steve. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? Carolina, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you this morning, and what's going on in your world for, for sports today, Carolina? Well, first thing I'd like to do, Kelly, is to thank everyone up there. As as you know, you read, my mother passed away Wednesday. And I would like to thank everybody, you, people like Coach Davenport, Coach Salvano, people that I know up there for all the thoughts and the prayers that y'all had with me. And it really made me more comfortable knowing that I had friends who thought that way. Certainly, Caroline, I know you've got to spend some time with your, your mother. Very sorry for your loss here at the, the Weekend Sports Buzz. Um, we, we collectively send send our prayers your way, Carolina. Very sorry to hear of the, the passing of your mother. Absolutely. Yes, well, she's in a better place. She had cancer. She's staying. And I'm sitting here now. I never thought I'd be able to say this, but I'm sitting in my own house now, Kelly. <laughs> She let, I, I got the house they had, so I'm up here in North Carolina. And uh, the only thing is, I see what y'all were talking about and the insider with that guy that's the owner of California Chrome. They ought to get that guy out of racing. God, what a negative guy to take the, 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 the microphone in such a, a moment where he could somewhat redeem himself and say it wasn't just me being negative. You know, he could have given some credence to his actual somewhat legitimate criticisms of Churchill Downs. But instead, he goes on a rampage and just rips the entire system and says that it's, it's, it's not fair. It's set up so that 
I guess the the powers that be will not allow a triple crown winner to to happen. I mean, what a negative guy, Carolina. It is. I thought that the jockey ran a bad race too. I thought if he would have put uh, California Chrome and let him stay on the lead and let him just just slid through that, he's better because you can tell he didn't like dirt getting kicked in his face. No, it was. They got a tough break, and I mean, there's a lot of horses in there. It's a mile and a half. There's a reason the Triple Crown hasn't been won since 1978, and it's not because the the powers that be are fixing the race. It's because it's a mile and a half. That's further than a lot of these horses have ever ran, and there's a lot of great horse. I mean, that was a star-studded field yesterday, and California Chrome. He was on the outside. He had to take a a, a route that wasn't. Wasn't the the quickest point from A to B, and it didn't work for him. He was tied for fourth place, and we we got to wait at least another year to see a, a triple crown winner. But I I think we'll see it. Carolina, do you think we'll see a triple crown uh, winner sometime soon? Yeah, because there were two uh, winners of the. Uh, remember when they used to have the Winston Million, where you had to win three out of four races in NASCAR? There were two winners of that: Jeff Gordon and Bill Elliott. So, uh, and they did that for about 12 years. So there'll be somebody that comes in to do it. Now, I've got somebody that you need to get in contact with okay. and have as a guest on your show. Who's that? Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes. Have you, have you seen his commercials? Uh, it's, I think it's for Alpha Electric. He is a 17-year-old Holy Cross student who races NASCAR. Wow, I just typed him in, and he's got his own Wikipedia page. And he and he uh, has won, he's won two races that I know of on the K&N Pro East. That's the one that's below the Captain World Truck Series. He's running five races this year to Captain World Truck Series. I have met him. He has his own show on television where they... They interview and things. And the thing I'm proudest of, and I got my T-shirt on from the Madhouse, he went up to Bowman Gray Stadium, the oldest weekly racing series in NASCAR, and went up there. What the Bowman Gray is, they call it the Madhouse, Kelly. And it's a quarter of a mile track around the football field that Winston-Salem State plays their home football games off. Wow. Born in, in 1997, uh, young guy, 17 years old from Louisville. Uh, I didn't realize we had uh, such a significant racing driver here in the city of Louisville. I, I had no idea, Carolina. Yeah, he's. Uh, I met him last year up at Kentucky, and he's just a nice guy. Uh, I tell you, if you, if you, do you know Paul Najar? I do not. Catholic Sports. Get in touch with him through the Catholic Sports. Uh, you probably find it stuff, and he could arrange for you to get uh, uh, being on there for an interview or something. Uh, he has a show on another station that they talk about, and I've called him there, and I actually talked to Ben's uh, uh, the guy who did publicity when he was up at Martinsville. He didn't know I knew that much about racing. And I asked him to try one of our world famous Martinville hot dogs yet. <laughs> and that kind of better than I know a little bit about the tracks and everything. But 
I probably won't be able to talk to y'all next week. I promised some people that I would attend when my mother attended church and attend the church service, but I'll be back the week after that. I just want you to know that I love listening to the show. It was great to hear your and the, uh, the beautiful lady's voice and everything. So uh, I'll be back in two weeks. Okay, and don't worry about getting the pair of press things. Uh, my buddy who uh, does it uh, works for Richard Childers. Is getting me some. Uh, is getting me some passes for the race. Wow! So uh, great. Well, Carolina, thank, thank you very back. much for the call. We look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks. Okay, y'all have a nice day. Good luck to everybody. Hey, and good luck to the Cardinals in the World Series. I just hope that we can get East Carolina can get their pitching coach and our head baseball coach. Y'all have a nice day. Great stuff there from Carolina. And we really do appreciate the kind words from Carolina uh, dealing with, with the, the passing of his mother uh, for this past week up in, in, in Carolina. So um, thank you very much, Carolina, Steve. Ashley, Peter, and I are going to head to a break, and we'll be back. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. segment on radio and television here in the city of Louisville in the surrounding area. We have what they call Ashley's Loco Cinco or Ashley's Crazy. With no further ado, Ashley's Crazy. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Well, I have a top five today of some very interesting sports stories. Um, the first one is a little spat with Deshaun Jackson and his former agent, Drew Rosenhaus. So apparently Deshaun Jackson says his former agent, Drew Rosenhaus, violated the NFL Players Association rules by bribing him to sign with his agency back in 2009 with truckloads of cash and a Louis Vuitton bag. Apparently this is according to some legal documents that have been filed, but Deshaun Jackson filed some court papers in an effort to overturn a ruling that he owes Rosenhaus more than $500,000 for failing to repay some loans. So in the documents, Deshaun says that he shouldn't have to pay Drew a dime because a huge chunk of the cash was given to him to induce Deshaun to use Rosenhaus in his next contract negotiation. So why is this a big deal? Accordingly, uh, according to Deshaun, it's a huge violation of the Players Association rules for which um, the punishment is that Deshaun shouldn't have to repay a single cent of the money. Um, the cool part of the story is that part of the money came in cash, stuffed inside a Louis Vuitton bag that he got like like after midnight on November the 10th of 2009. So no one knows if he kept the bag. He apparently kept the money. Um, Rosenhaus is not is not commenting on the situation, but I think this is kind of funny. That's, it, 
always entertaining when someone has a problem with Drew Rosenhaus, who who is Drew Rosenhaus being the the power, most powerful agent in the NFL. We got Scott Boris in the Major League Baseball realm, and we got Drew Rosenhaus in the NFL. Terrell Owens has filed lawsuits against Rosenhaus in the past, and I got a feeling, unfortunately for Deshaun Jackson, that Drew Rosenhaus has his bases covered, and and uh, you know he's a smart you guy. It's probably not the first time he's done this. No, he knows what he's doing. Say a lot of th- all the things you want about Drew Rosenhaus. He he's not a rookie. Not at all. Wow, a bunch of cash being Louis Vuitton bags. I mean, why all the flash? Why why all the flashiness? Deshaun Jackson ran his way out of Philadelphia, is now in Washington. One of the more exciting players in the NFL. Flips into the end zone, fumbles the ball right before going to the end zone. All this exciting stuff, and now this. But, I mean, obviously it worked because he clearly used yeah. Rosenhaus. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You hate Drew Rosenhaus. Everybody... Does you know he's a very polarizing guy, but at the same time he gets big contracts sometimes for players who are washed up. So I would I'd hire him as my agent. Well, I probably would too. Yeah, I mean if, all you're trying to do is is get a good you contract. Yeah, I mean that's money. what you want. Yeah. So I I don't know. Good luck to Deshaun Jackson on that lawsuit. Yeah. Story number two. Minnesota Vikings receiver Jerome Simpson. Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Apparently, and this is a good story, kind of. He didn't just complete his 120 hours of, of court-ordered community service, sitting from his DWI, which I'm not completely clear on. But uh, apparently, he clocked in almost 15 extra hours. So according to some court documents, uh, Simpson was sentenced to 15 days in, da- in jail two years of probation, and 120 hours of community service um, this past November when he was arrested. Turns out it didn't take him very long to log in all of his hours and then some. So um, because he logged in this extra 10 to 15 hours of community service, um, this academy, he was at this academy, it's a high school geared towards kids who struggle with addiction. Um, The director of the program says that Simpson has owned up to his actions, when talking to the kids and uh, in hopes that his honesty would help them steer clear of making the same mistakes that he did, which is very, very respectable. It's very respectable. Um, It said apparently um, they were told that he went above and beyond for the kids, attending evening events, sitting with the kids and uh, serving them lunch. And he also participated in events like beating and tubing, which is interesting. Beating. Beating. Um, I thought you meant like beat. Just beating kids. No, like beads, like oh, making bead, bracelets and stuff like oh, that. Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay. So apparently he's still um, on parole till 2016, but he's apparently in the clear if, as long as he keeps his nose clean. That's a good story. Jerome Simpson, who famously was drafted by the Bengals in the second round. Freakish athleticism. Uh, can flip into the end zone, has flipped into the end zone over players, does all sorts of crazy stuff on the football field. Also very popular for ordering from California to be delivered straight to his front doorstep in Cincinnati, pounds of marijuana and just getting busted through the mail. So he's been in in plenty of trouble. Very talented receiver. We'll see. He may be the t- the one of Teddy Bridgewater's targets in the in the upcoming years. Possible. Hopefully, he sticks around because the, the the plethora of receivers there in Minnesota is is somewhat dried up. So, 
Agreed. Getting a, a, a mean look there from my man Peter, who Uh-oh. is a Vikings fan. Uh-oh. I don't know. I don't know what kind of talent they have at the wide receiver position. And Jerome Simpson, in my eyes, needs to step up. So hopefully that positive story. Hopefully the the positive role that Jerome Simpson is on continues, and it helps Teddy Bridgewater. Story number three. Story number three, which is funny. A Chicago Blackhawks fan concocted a diabolical scheme to stick it to L.A. after the Kings beat them in Game 7 last week. So um, his plot worked. He duped an L.A. restaurant into running a video on its TV screens that contained the message, Hey, Kings, go F yourselves. The photo, <laughs> the photo of the TV monitor at Silvio's Brazilian Barbecue in Hermosa Beach, Beach went viral, showing the Kings logo with the F-bomb message spelled out across the screen. So um, we've learned that the owner of the place, which happens to be um, very popular with Blackhawk fans, is offering an explanation, um, pointing the finger. One, one moment here. Uh-oh. We broke something. Okay, okay there, there we, we are. Go. Um, so apparently uh, the owner of the restaurant is pointing the finger at the Chicago supporter saying, unfortunately, we had a negative incident here at Silvio's after game seven of the Blackhawks-Kings games that has offended pretty much everyone in our community, um, saying basically a regular restaurant, they com- the basically the guys can. Comp- created a 20-minute highlight video to show after the game. And it showed clips from the past season, current season. At the end, there was this 15-second screenshot with the King's banner with the Go F Yourself screenshot that was at the very, very end. So the classy. owner... Yeah, very classy. The owner apologized, said it was stupid, unsportsmanlike, and vulgar. And um, so apparently they just started playing these videos instead of watching them first to ensure that was nothing weird on there. And it just slid through. Yeah, it slid through the cracks. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess that, that happens. Stuff like that happens every once in a while. Yeah. If I would have seen it, I would have been really excited. Right. Yeah. That's entertaining. It would have been very entertaining. What I look to sports for is entertainment. And if I see go F yourself, just I'm like, my God, that shouldn't be there. Yeah, I would excite me. I got. I would can't, it excite I can't you lie. or it, make you angry? They would not make me angry. Not me. Many people would be angry from that. Not me. It would make me excited. I would say, what a dumb move. Somebody's probably going to lose their job. Probably. Yes, but someone's definitely lose their. Me personally, Kelly Patrick, I like stuff like that. Story number four. Uh, story number four. I'm going to save the uh, the best one for last. But uh, Aaron Hernandez apparently has been under some scrutiny. Oh God! Um, because people are trying to figure out. There's been some reports that he got some jail tattoos, and I wasn't sure why this was such a big deal. But apparently, um, some people have been saying that Aaron Hernandez had illegally gotten some jail has ta- jail hat house ta- tattoos on his hands that were apparently illegally done while he was behind bars. Um, so Bristol County Sheriff said that they had Hernandez full body searched and um, they said that there were no new tattoos on his hands. Apparently someone had told him that he had letters CBS, WS, and IWBTG on his fingers and on his hands, which I'm not sure what those things mean. Apparently, people think they have some type of gang affiliation or something. But um, then they went back and pulled out pictures of his body 
while he was in jail versus when before when he got arrested and found that they were all there before he was arrested. But um, I just found that shocking that a lot it was of it, that serious. A lot of attention has been paid to the tattoos on Aaron Hernandez's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had heard that they thought that there was some reference to maybe Odin Lloyd or, or the double homicide from 2012, oh, that maybe he had um, somehow, somehow admitted or indicated something related to the murders in his tattoos on his body. What a crazy story is this Aaron Hernandez thing. Yeah, I... Gotta be the scariest athlete in the history of the world. So then, what do you think when he... No, 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 no. Seriously. Prove that wrong. Scariest athlete in the history of the world. You're right. O.J. Simpson, No, that's scary, but he, he just... He's, if he's guilty, he got mad, and yeah, that's not understandable. It's not good, mm-mm. but, I mean, that's one thing. Aaron Hernandez, clearly his hobby was just randomly murdering, murdering people. Murdering people and getting away with it. That is super-duper scary to me. Mike Tyson's scary. So if He, he, was, ju- he wasn't if, a serial killer. Are you saying that if he was on the weekend sports buzz, you would hand over your crown as the resident thug? Aaron Hernandez would take my crown away. Actually, <laughs> I would... He's one guy that I would prefer just never to ever see. Yeah, I don't That's think scary as that hell. Guy. He he scares the hell out of me. Double homicide? He came up on some car in 2012, not far from his house, and just killed him. Yeah, that's scary. Why would he do that? And what's crazy is that like He was so rich. He's a remotely good-looking guy too. Like I don't like What's the kit? What's the appeal? What's the appeal of being a serial killer? Maybe he just needs a good therapist. He's obviously got some issues going on. Obviously. But, I mean, that is very bizarre. He's drafted by the Patriots. He's having all this success, making tons of money. And apparently he's bored. His hobby is to just randomly double homicide and then just kill someone who's probably like talk. Oh, that Odin Lloyd guy, as it sounds like, probably had said something negative about him or disrespected him in some way, something along those lines. Aaron Hernandez, scariest athlete in the history of the world. 502-384-1450. Let us know. I mean, is there someone else? I don't. Mike Tyson's scary. OJ, that's scary. Aaron Hernandez, scariest athlete in the history of the world. Ashley's Loco Cinco. All this anticipation for story number five. Story number five. Well, apparently, Gatorade, as a company, is thirsty. Thirsty for a fight because uh, the other night, the sports drink was kind of talking some serious smack to LeBron James after the NBA star left the game with leg cramps. So moments after King James was carried off the court... In San Antonio, Gatorade went to Twitter and unleashed its inner troll on LeBron, who happens to be a Powerade guy. Uh, The person cramping wasn't our client. Our clients can take the heat, Gatorade posted. When someone asked, where were you when LeBron needed you, Gatorade replied, we were waiting on the sidelines, but he prefers to drink something else. Even the New York Giants stud prince, I don't know how to say his name, (laughs) chimed in saying, hopefully LeBron switches to Gatorade, hashtag electrolytes, hashtag refuel. And Gatorade again replied, you've always had good taste, Prince. So he was just, they were just taunting LeBron. Yes. Uh, it sounds like they're, they're wanting LeBron to take this opportunity to switch his contract from Powerade to Gatorade. Why would he do that after they were taunting him? Because they're saying, <laughs> they're trying to say, 
LeBron, if you were drinking our product, this would have never so happened. So they're bullying to you. the best basketball player on the planet into switching his contract. Well, according to Twitter language, it's called trolling. Trolling. Okay, they're trolling. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I wonder if there's any repercussions from this person. They deleted the tweet. I don't know. I don't know. That is a bold... It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, God. Why? Why? I can see where some, you know, fat loser in his mom's basement does stuff like that. <laughs> but a company. Millions of those across the world, they do. They, they taunt athletes and they say all sorts of horrible things. We saw the Deontay Wilder story yeah. <laughs> where he, he boxed that one guy who was saying horrible things about him. This isn't. They didn't say anything really bad personally about him, but they they took a clear, concise shot at him on a big stage. Yeah, Gatorade versus LeBron. If I'm LeBron James, I'm saying to hell with you. I'm staying with Powerade. Yeah, unless his crimes are so bad that he's reconsidering that. That's such a big story to me because the the LeBron storyline from Game 1 of the NBA Finals involving the air conditioning going out was so big. Yeah. It was on such a big stage. And I I his feel like electrolytes- that's not going to go away. Like, that's going to be the storyline, I think, for the rest of the series. because And beyond. Yeah, and they're going to be talking about it today, wondering if, you know, how things are going to be different in the, in the arena. And then you think, like, how is that going to affect them in Game 5? Or, and so on. I think that's definitely, it's going to, that's not going away. Regardless of if the Spurs win the next four games of this series, we will always remember that game one. Yes, right? we will. That'll be the, the, the game the air conditioning went out. Mm-hmm. Plenty to talk about today. John Calipari signed a big contract extension. He's now being paid higher than Nick Saban, which is crazy. The Louisville baseball team is advancing to the College World Series for the third time in recent years. And it looks like I went to look up when those games get started. It looks like they start again on the 14th. Okay. So it looks like the bas- baseball championship for Division One in Omaha, Nebraska, June 14th through the 25th. Okay. So it looks like they'll get a little break and then be back in action. We've also got the NBA Finals tonight. We had California Chrome losing in the Belmont yesterday. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is open, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man Brian the Insider, who I'm sure has opinions on all Please these topics. Hey, how are you doing this morning, Brian? We're working on it. We'll, we will be channeling Brian to come in here in just a minute. I got a text on the Lotus Gunworks text line, 502-414-1450, from our man Steve. He says it's good PR for Gatorade. It sends the message that their product works and the Powerades doesn't. Mm. So you can certainly argue that that it's good PR. I guess. I mean, it's definitely bringing them onto the radar because otherwise people probably wouldn't be tweeting or talking about uh, Gatorade very much. So, I mean, I think in terms of marketing, it, it, it may be a smooth move just to kind of become relevant and get on people's radar. So um, from that sense, it, it kind of makes sense. So we're also talking about, uh, in addition to the sports buzz, we're talking a little bit about the pageant buzz with Miss USA um, coming on tonight. And so far, right now, I'm between Alabama and Louisiana. 
Connecticut caught my eye at first glance. She's on my list. Or wait, no, I actually took her off. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line 502-384-1450. We're going to attempt to talk to our man Brian the Insider about the very controversial comments from the owner of California Chrome yesterday. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning, Ashley and Kelly. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Good to hear you back on the air, Ashley. I missed you last week. Oh, I missed you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley, you could uh, you could do some PR work for the uh, owner of co-owner of California Chrome because yeah. this guy has taken all the goodwill of his fantastic horse and has really gotten the ire of pretty much the whole country now. At first, it was just the people of Kentucky that he uh, tried to humiliate on national TV. Now he's tried to humiliate all of the racing world. All right. What do you think? I mean, do you think he has a point and just coming from him at that time just makes it like you want to punch him in the face? Or what do you think? I don't think he has a point. I mean, it, uh, it, it, it you know, he... I'm not a hundred percent sure what his point is. I guess what his point is is saying is that with the newly designed point system that's been in place for Churchill Downs, that once you get into the Kentucky Derby, uh, then you are committed, regardless of your horse's ability or uh, injury or anything to do with the horse. You're committed to run in the next three races, uh, and nobody that doesn't qualify for the Kentucky Derby gets to run in the very prestigious Preakness or the Belmont, which is a completely uh, anti-horse. It's com- it's just it's the it's the most it's the craziest argument that I've heard in horse racing, uh, and it is just, in my opinion, sour grapes. I mean, if you remember, he's the same guy that when he won the Preakness got on the air to complain not about his treatment at the Kentucky Derby, but his co-owner's treatment, who did not go to the Preakness, uh, he com- said that he had a horrible experience. Those remarks were clarified that, by that co-owner this week, and it really resulted in the fact that his 85-year-old mother, who was in a wheelchair, had some people stand up in front of her while she chose to go to the rail and stay, instead of staying in the very nice box that Churchill gave them to watch the race, she chose to go to the rail and was insulted that some of the people were excited when the derby went on and stood up and watched the race. <laughs> so uh, that's, you know, he blew that out of whack on national TV. Instead of thanking the people in, Pre- in Pimlico, he chose to take a cheap shot on national TV against the people of Kentucky. And he did the same thing against horse racing because uh, yesterday, when he did not win the very difficult Triple Crown, he lashes out, and I mean, he's like the little kid that wants to take his basketball home and won't let anybody play with it if he doesn't get his way. Is it a case of him lashing out specifically at Churchill Downs, or it seems like he's just mad at the world? Well, initially it was Churchill Downs, uh, and now it is the um, the cowards. And, I, you know, I, one thing that I have not picked up on that I'm not sure if, you know, I think is kind of a nationalistic uh, comedy made. The, the winner, tonalist, is trained by a Frenchman. Well, I mean, the, the, the slang knock on French people is that they're cowards uh, because they don't like to fight in wars and stuff like that. Well, 
Christopher Clement, born and raised in France, very successful trainer, uh, one with Tonalish yesterday, and immediately they call him a coward because his horse did not qualify to get into the Kentucky Derby because the horse was sick and, and did not get into the Wood Memorial, so he didn't get the points into the Derby. So the trainer did right by the horse by not forcing him into a race that he wasn't prepared to go in and waited, and he was better bred to go in the mile-and-a-half Belmont. So he chose to do that. Instead, he gets name-called a coward twice, immediately following the biggest win of his life. No congratulations. I heard I heard uh, Coburn on the air this morning. I, I've attributed the whole thing to the fact that he's a heavy drinker. At the Preakness, he walked around with a bottle of tequila, open bottle of tequila that the people in Pimlico gave him, which obviously they didn't, he, he didn't get one of those at Churchill Down, so that was a bad place. So he's plowed. I just thought it was just marked it up to, you know, a drunk, but not this morning. I, I don't think he was drunk this morning. And instead of having the opportunity this morning about 7 o'clock on NBC to apologize for his comments, he doubled down on them. I tell you guys, the interesting thing is going to be this coming Saturday, uh, the Stephen Foster handicap is at Churchill Downs. It's the second biggest racing card in Churchill's meet. And traditionally, they give the Derby trophy to the Derby owners. I remember one year after Funnyside won, they actually brought the bus that all those owners drove around in, and they brought the bus into the track, and people had fun with that. So this Saturday is a traditional day where the Derby winners are officially giving their engraved Kentucky Derby winning trophy. And it's going to happen Saturday. Now, the, the guy, the co-owner whose mother had a bad view of the track, he's already said he will be back at Churchill. Uh, if Coburn comes, I expect, and I will be there, and I'll lead the choir of booze <laughs> for acting like a complete idiot. And uh, I may even bring a little... Uh, conductor's stick and just kick it off right from the top. You know, another thing I found interesting this morning, here he's been so critical of the Kentucky Derby, and they were treated so poorly at the Kentucky Derby that he said this morning when asked if he had another horse uh, that was, you know, could go through the Triple Crown deal, what would he do? He said he would only run him in the Kentucky Derby, that he would not go the coward's way and if only running in the Derby because the Triple Crown means nothing. <laughs> Hard to follow the guy, but it, I'm very curious to see if he has the courage and the guts to show up at Churchill next Saturday. And if he does, I'll be very interested to see how he's treated. Uh, so far, Churchill Downs has taken the high road. There was a full-page ad wishing California Chrome good luck in the Triple Crown race at Belmont. The, no, nobody at Churchill Downs has made any negative comments back to him. It's all been very positive for the Kentucky Derby winner. But this guy, I can't wait till he goes back underneath the rock he was born under. <laughs> wow. So Coburn not backing off of his comments on Good Morning America this morning. I mean, just really laying it on thick. Brian attributing his first comments to his, his being a drunk. Yeah, this morning he probably wasn't yeah. drunk, so I guess he's just an unhappy guy who has a score to settle with somebody who knows who it is. Everybody. Everybody. So we'll see this upcoming Everybody. Saturday. If he doesn't get his way and he doesn't win, he's got somebody to blame. And it's a darn shame because the story is a great one. California Chrome is a great horse, ran very admirably in defeat. 
finished up nice. Actually, they said uh, he, he pulled a quarter, which is a foot injury. He had some blood on his hoof at the end of it, nothing serious. He did kind of like pulling a hammy. Uh, he pulled a quarter in, in horse racing term. Uh, but the jockey, Espinosa, said he just didn't have it the whole way. But he ran a game. He got up and tied for fourth, which is no disgrace at all. But the guy, I mean, with all the problems in the world and, and no actually monetary value for the Triple Crown, the guy who had never been in horse racing up until this year uh, is now just completely crushed that he's not going to see a Triple Crown winner in his lifetime. Who cares, buddy? Back off the sauce. <laughs> Brian, the other storylines that we have this morning that Ashley and I have been discussing – Involved Coach Cal having his contract extended. He's now being paid more. I keep going back to he's now being paid more than the Alabama football coach, Nick Saban. Any any thoughts on that, Brian? Well, the first thing I want to note is uh, uh, I want to uh, comment on before Cal's contract came out that the revenue money was released, and for the first time, little brother is now big brother. Louisville has more revenue athletic department revenue than Kentucky, uh, and uh, 15th in the country, and that is before, and that is with a very small payment from the AAC. It's supposed to go up dramatically when they go in the ACC, and right now with the low revenue that they had in football, it's still ranked number one. Louisville's revenue is still ranked number one in the ACC, so they're expected to go into the top ten in revenue, uh, and anybody that saw what happened with the baseball team and the crowds down there, I mean, boy, they were just, we're just, I mean, they're going to be outdrawing the Cincinnati Reds here very shortly. But uh, I think it was interesting. I think Cal deserved the money. I think it was smart by Kentucky to pay Cal all the money they could possibly afford to keep him there. You know, I did notice that he had no incentive in the bonuses. He doesn't, you know, yeah. he's not going to get any more money. Uh, all it is is incentive to stay and a very smart by Mitch Barnhart, I would have done the same thing. Cal has had tremendous success at Kentucky, and as long as he stays there with his unbelievable ability to recruit, Kentucky's going to vie for the national championship every year. So I think it was a great move. I think next time Patino's contract is up, Patino will probably go above Cal. I mean, the rules athletic department revenue if it were a stock, I'd be jumping in. It is just skyrocketing. And now that they're in the ACC, it's fair to say at some point they may lead the country uh, in 10 years in athletic department revenue. Uh, it's it's really remarkable rise, and uh, I think that's the bigger story. Hmm. All right, Brian, we appreciate you calling well, in. Well, Brian, I have one more question. Okay, Ashley's got one for you. Have you by chance picked a favorite for Miss USA tonight? I'm sorry, for the favorite for what? Miss USA. Oh, no, no, I have not. I have not picked the favorite for Miss USA. Um, when is that? It's tonight at um, 8 o'clock. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Who is your favorite? Well, I'm kind of tossing between three. Um, Texas, Alabama, and Louisiana are my favorites. Hmm. How was Kentucky's contestant? She's all right. She's stri- I think she's striking, but I think against the all of the other super pretty girls, I think she could possibly just blend in. I'll have to tune into that. What what station and what time is it tonight? Um, NBC, eight o'clock. If you want to see the pictures, I was just showing the guys trying to get them to pick their favorites. Um, but if you go to MissUniverse.com and look at Miss USA, they have pictures of all the contestants. 
I'll, I'll go on and check that out. Uh, right. Coincidentally, Ashley, where is uh, where's Miss Kentucky from? In where, the state? Do you remember where it was? I don't know where we'll she's from. We it. we just read it. It was it was in the 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 foothills of the some, mountain. some mountains. I don't know what the name is. A, a tiny city, Brian. Um, we'll bring that really? inf- information up. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, Brian, do you have a pick for today's tonight's game two between the San Antonio Spurs and the Miami Heat? Who's going to win? Ashley's not going to like this, but boy, oh, I'm all no. Spurs. I'm all Spurs in. And I've got a bigger question. I mean, what what is the deal with LeBron? I mean, is 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 he overworked? Does he have too much? It was freaking a hundred I mean, degrees. I think he has too little body fat playing in almost a hundred degrees. That's too much. I can't it didn't even seem do. To bother anyone else? Yeah. Well, I think he's probably more exerted than anybody else out there. Um, and Miss Kentucky then they is need from. To find a way to get him on the bench. On the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Whitesburg. Well, no. I mean, they need to space his timing out. So he could, I mean, Pop rotate. I mean, look at Duncan. Duncan's 38 years old. Pop did an excellent job of rotating their bench. Of course, the Spurs, and that's why I'm I'm really starting to think it may only go five or six games. Wow. Uh, but it, there's, I would bet the house that the Spurs, with home court advantage, which is the reason that they lost last year, they had to go to Miami. You know, that's a lot of people aren't realizing, and, and they, it worked okay against the Pacers, but the, the Heat, did not have that great a regular season, and it's and they did not have home court advantage in the East, but they did steal one in Indianapolis, which got them that series. I do not think if that game would have went Game Seven back to Indy that the that Heat would have beat them. But I don't think they have any. I don't think they're capable of beating the Spurs in San Antonio. Brian, are you trolling LeBron too, like Gatorade? <laughs> no, I love LeBron. I think he's clearly the best player in the game, but I'm I'm puzzled. Uh, kind of like I was with Julius Randle uh, when he had his cramping issues. I, I'm puzzled as to how a finely two-day athlete like LeBron has to be carried off the court by reserves and he can't even put any pressure on the legs. Have you guys seen some of the spoofs been going on uh, yeah. in San Antonio on Billboard? I have. <laughs> they are really, really letting them have it. It's turned into a huge story, and as far as, you know, Getting the word out there. I mean, no one's going to ever forget the the night that the air conditioning broke in San Antonio. Game one. It's a huge story. I we think will you see. have to say broke in quotation marks. Like, broke. Like, it just hypothetically broke. Conspiracy. A conspiracy right before well, the Ashley, biggest game. Well, actually, you played a lot of basketball. Yeah, and I've played in a lot of hot environments. I have. I have, too. I mean, it's part of the game. Uh, you know, it happens. We've all – Tony Parker said – hey, this is no different than every game I've played in Europe. In Europe, they don't have air conditioning. He well, said this it didn't isn't affect Europe. me at all. This is a... No, the, it's not Europe, supposed but to be it's still the, basketball. Yeah, yeah. I think... I just... I think they would have been better to reschedule the game to rather than risk the potential injuries for the players and the fans. Because if anybody in there has passes out, hits the your Spurs. That's lawsuit after lawsuit for the San Antonio Spurs. With all due respect, the only one I watched the entire game, the only one that looked like he had any problem with it was LeBron. I didn't see the – I mean, it was warm in there, but, I mean, he was the only one seemed negatively affected by it, and maybe he had to play more minutes. And, you know, the Pop did a much better job, and he's got a much deeper bench. He probably goes three or four deeper. But LeBron was the only one I saw really experiencing any problems of the – 
I don't know, 17 or 18 players that got on the court. So uh, I think it's an isolated problem. Maybe LeBron's, uh, maybe he's finished, Ashley. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't hang up on me. Don't hang up on me. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call, Brian. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Thank you. Uh, great talking to you guys. I love the show. Bye-bye. Bye. Good stuff there. Brian, really? Not backing off his his. I know. I think this is the first time that Brian and I really just didn't see eye to eye. He thinks LeBron was the only one affected by it, and well, I know that if I was there, I would have been affected, and I probably would have wanted to go home, but or maybe gotten a little busy. It and... is interesting. I don't remember that happening in many other in many other big moments. Do you? No, I've never. It's clearly a. At the same time, we've never seen a player of LeBron's size. Be able to do what he oh, does. A, yeah. So maybe it's a, a a physical thing that just he has certain limitations that he needs to pace himself with. Seriously. Well, yeah. When it's ninety degrees in a in a in an arena that should normally be what around seventy. I would say seventy two is a comfortable mm-hmm. degree that you should probably try to keep it at. I, I, that's what I like to play at. So. Brandon Lawrence is the reason we're on the weekend sports bus. He's going to call us at the end of the second hour here. Correct us on any factual inaccuracies we may have had through the show. Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach Brandon. Any questions you have about personal injury, get into a fender bender, you have anything come up, call him 502-587-0041. Ashley, Peter, and I are going to head to a break. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller coming back at you for what I believe will be our final segment of the show. During the break, Ashley and I are, of course, what are we doing? Breaking down the Miss USA contestants for tonight's event. Yes. My vote still goes to Connecticut, but we have breaking news. Ashley has narrowed down her list to her top 15. Top 15. You like to hear it? Here it goes. I have Alabama, Texas, Colorado, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, North Dakota, Ohio, and Oklahoma. Okay. My favorites are Alabama, Louisiana, New York, if she would smile, Texas, and I also like Hawaii. A lot. Like, she's very pretty and exotic looking. Now, you're basing this off of their looks. Well, I looked at... There's a couple of things that went into this. What I did, I looked at the pictures that I showed you, um, which were their glamour shots. And then I clicked through um, some of their pose pictures and their candid. So, let's look at Alabama, for example. We saw her, um, her glamour shots, very pretty. But she, she has a violin. She has a violin, which we're ignoring. 
Um, but you see this next picture is kind of up close, so that lets you see like her true face structure without too much airbrush. Um, then we're looking at her swimsuit picture on stage. So when I'm looking at that picture, I'm saying, okay, well, she's she looks really in really good shape. Her, she looks like she's confident. She doesn't look scared. Her um, her posture is really nice, and um, she looks like she's enjoying herself. Um, her gown pictures, like, does she look elegant? Does she look confident? Can I see this girl on the Miss Universe stage representing the United States? So that's kind of how I'm how I'm picking my girls and looking also like through some of their candid pictures to see um, what they look like in real life because obviously like you were saying about um, I think it might have been Louisiana that we're looking at her glamour picture doesn't look anything like her but she looks I think more beautiful in real life like in her candids and on stage but. So, Ashley's, the majority of your, your time here has been devoted to, and so I got to say, this is your front runner, Jessa, Jessica Alberg of Alabama from Selma, Alabama. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is, does she, does she say, roll tide? She probably does. <laughs> but her favorite sport is softball, so we don't know. Favorite but, sport oh, is wait, softball. Hold on. She's a graduate of Auburn. Oh, so she's saying. She's, she's definitely not saying roll tide. War Eagle. Yep. We're actually going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline 502-384-1450 now, where we have our man. Peter, we got him queued up. We will have our man Brandon J. Lawrence on the line with us here shortly. So your homework, Kelly, is to find... Um, to actually watch this. To watch Miss, this, Miss and um, I think we need to have like a, an open chat room with... Myself and you and Peter talk about the contestants. Okay, I, I need to see what what what's what channel is this NBC. on? NBC. NBC. So it's network television. Eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Is this a big deal? It is a big deal. Um, what's the biggest deal in the pageantry world? Uh, well, I, each year, each year, I think it would be in the uh, United States, United States, Miss America, because Miss America has been the traditional um, kind of girl next door, the one that. It's like one of those things, girls grow up being wanting to be Miss America. Like, a lot of times, girls learn about Miss USA later. I think that Miss USA is a great system, and it's a large system. Um, Obviously, it's the one that's owned by Donald Trump. But um, it's kind of the uh, maturing little sister of Miss America. Because Miss America's been around for so long, and people have um, great respect for it. So Miss USA is based more on looks? Yes, it Miss emphasizes America. almost exclusively looks. Would that be accurate? I think that would be accurate. Okay, so if you're a sports fan out there and you're a male, you probably are not opposed to watching a, a contest that that emphasizes almost exclusively looks, and that's Miss USA tonight, 8, 8 o'clock, o'clock p.m. Um, NBC, mm-hmm. Network Television. Also, 7.30 p.m., so I'll have to be flipping yeah, back we're and forth. Yeah, we're going to have to flip back we and got forth. the NBA Finals, San Antonio Spurs versus Miami Heat. So much anticipation for this game, too. There's a lot. There's a lot of anticipation there. And what are you more excited about, Game 2 or Miss USA? Miss USA. There will okay. be a Game 3, 4, 5, 6, maybe 7. <laughs> so what are we going to find tonight? We're going to find out who wins. Yes, we'll find who, out who, who Miss wins. USA is. Um, initially, after the opening of the broadcast, uh, you know, all of the girls will introduce themselves and they will immediately cut to a top 15 because they've, these girls have been there, um, same with Miss America, same with Miss Universe. They've been there all week competing. So they do the... Uh, they have preliminary conversations 
competitions. They do their interviews, and they've already competed in swimsuit and evening gowns. So the top 15 highest scorers will compete today. And you'll get to find out who those top 15 are, and then they compete again and see who wins. So in the world of the weekend sports buzz, it's a big night. We got NBA Finals Game 2, 730. We got the Miss USA, 8 o'clock on NBC. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz lines, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. Well, we got our man Brandon J. Lawrence on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brandon? Hey, what's up, y'all? How we got to? What's happening, man? Not much. Hey, morning. Cool? Morning. Hi, Ashley. <laughs> hey, Bill. <laughs> what's up? What's up? I saw I saw a picture of you and Jack Conway, man. You doing it, baby? You doing oh, it? Trying. I hear you. Um, hey, hey, uh, I heard you talking about your picks for Miss USA. You didn't include, look, you got to include Miss Idaho. Oh, did she's you? A twin. She is a twin, and she's all right. Yeah. She's cute. All right. You think she's she's the one? She's the one. If, if she don't win it, Miss Pennsylvania is going to win it. I don't know, Brandon. Brandon coming you, strong. <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you like her because she's Miss, a twin? Well, Miss Idaho, this is her right here. Um, she has a twin that competed at Miss Universe, apparently representing in one of the islands. Really? Yeah. So I would uh, think. Yeah, yeah. She's from Guam. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think that like she would have some type of insight. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, I you got, I guess you got to defer, you got to defer to Ashley since she's on the board and she's an expert. So <laughs> I got, I defer to, I defer to you. But I mean, you know, just the casual. Observer with the untrained eye. Uh-huh. I like Idaho. Okay. Well, I um. Uh oh. I actually I had originally added her on my list, and then I had to cut somebody, so she got the act. <laughs> <laughs> I had. I think I had. I had seventeen, so I had to cut two people. But I mean, looking at the pictures, like her body looks really good. I wasn't sold on her hair, the way she's wearing her hair, but hopefully they'll like help her with that. But she's um she's cute. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, she's nice. Uh, but hey, man, hey, uh, I got, I love, I love Brown the Insider, man. But I gotta disagree, man. I think Coburn, what's his name, Clyburn, Coburn, whatever the guy's name is. Yep, I think Coburn. he's good for racing. I think he's good for sports, man. Storylines uh, sell. You're you know? right. There's no way around that. Storylines sell, and his comments yeah. both times have riled people up. So if that's what you're going for, <laughs> yeah. and he gets us talking. I mean, yeah, man, because, you know, they, I mean, you know how it is. They go to the guy, right? And I don't think that the guy, here's the thing, I think his delivery is probably what people are upset with, and then also that he talked bad about Churchill Downs. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think he's what he's saying isn't true. You know, you got to run. This, what's this guy, Totalist, the the horse? Yeah, Totalist. Didn't run in any, didn't run in any races, man. They didn't run in any races. They didn't do. They didn't have to do the travel. They've already run. He ran what uh, in May at Belmont already. So, you know, that's that's. I mean, I, I, I you know, I don't disagree with what what's his name Coburn said. Maybe his delivery is a little bit off. And and to be honest with you, I think that uh, he's like, you know, you, you can, this is loosely. He's like the common man. He's an outsider, and I think a lot of uh, blue bloods and a lot of. Uh, Money people don't like somebody, you know, the California Chrome horse winning it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not a traditional type of thing. Yeah, he's from California, and he's taking shots at yeah. the establishment. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But, you know, hey, it's cool, man. But you got And also, the Heat, man. The Heat are going to win it. I said the Heat are winning in six. Wow. Yeah. He's winning in six. Does, I caught in six, too. Does LeBron yeah. drop a triple-double tonight, Brandon? I mean, you know what? His I think he's past having to do He doesn't have to do that. I mean, he doesn't have to do that uh, for them to win. And that's what I think wins it for him. Because if you look at that game, right, everything went right for the Spurs the last eight minutes, and everything went wrong for the Heat. And I, I, I would have to ask, is that going to happen three more games? Before Miami wins some games, I don't think that that'll happen. You know, especially with the format, because you got this this series is a two two, one one one. So, you know, the Heat say for instance, the, I mean, you know, the Spurs still have to win at Miami. You got to win. You have to win. Uh, you're going to have to win on the other guys' home court to win the series, I believe. You know, and I think mathematically, yeah. So. um you know, I don't, I don't see the Spurs having another game like that. Danny Green's not going to catch fire. Patty Mills, you know, Tony Parker doesn't normally shoot threes, so I don't think it'll happen again before the Heat win a couple games. I agree with you. All right, Brandon, is Coach Cal worth more money than Coach Saban? <laughs> he worth more money. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think I don't think Saban's worth a quarter. So yeah, he's worth more. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, I think I, I just I like I like the uh, I like the way Kyle does things, man. I mean, I think he's he's a, he's a play, I think he's a player's coach. He's figured out how to win within within the rules the way they are today in the NCAA basketball. So I think yeah, he's worth the money. I mean, but to be honest with you, Kelly, none of these guys are worth that type of money. You know, realistically, yeah. you know, um, but I mean, it, it, the way the market is, they feel that they had to do that to keep them, and it still might not keep them, you know. But yeah, they did what they had to do to win the arms race, race with the rest of college basketball, and especially to keep on whooping Louisville like they done like for the we last year. and lost to Robert Moore's. We still beat y'all that year. Now, Brandon, I do have a text in on the Lotus Gunworks text line, 414-1450, that, that says the Spurs actually do not have to win on the road. They have home court advantage. Okay, if if okay. they win all their home games, they'll, they'll win. Okay. So if the Heat win tonight, that changes the whole complexion of the entire series. No doubt about that. You're predicting a victory for the Heat tonight. So if the Spurs, the only way the Spurs can win, well, the only way anybody can win that, uh, uh, um, would you still have to, it would have to go seven games. True. Because if yeah, it would have to go seven games, and I don't think it'll go seven games. Gotcha. Um, but you know, but yeah, mathematically, you, I mean, absolutely right. You have anybody that wins has the has if you don't win all your home, if you win all your home games, lose on the opponent's court all the time, you have to go seven games. But yeah. I don't think that the Spurs will, 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 yeah, I don't think they'll do it, you know. All right, well, we'll see. Brandon. They might, they might, they might do it. Big game tonight, big pageant tonight. Mm-hmm. Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney, 502-587-0041.
He's the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. He brings you the weekend sports buzz every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon. Thank you very much for joining us. Brandon, have a great rest of your weekend. Hey, y'all take it easy. Hey, go Idaho potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Brandon, are you still there? We we, we got to cut things oh, off we here gotta go. up against the hour. So, okay. Ashley, Peter, and I will be back next Sunday with more of your weekend sports buzz. Oh, 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 oh,